all NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? What up? It's Golden Spaces. We are back. We got an Odyssey original podcast, just in case you forgot. And we are reviewing the Warriors win over the Nets. Very, very controversial win, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Warriors beat the Nets. Finally, their defense kind of shined through. Held the Nets to, I believe, under 100 points. But maybe it was closer to 100, whatever. But it's a much different final score than the ones they recently had. And... Yeah, it was an interesting game. Interesting game. What did you think of the game? Well, I I thought the game was, I I thought we played really well. Initially starting out, we were kind of up and down. It was kind of just weird things happening. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a ton of turnovers in the first half. I think it was like 10. It was just like, yo, guys, just, just relax, calm down. You know, we're, take a breath. It, it was as if the Nets were speeding us up and mm-hmm. and we were just frantic. Uh, then we kind of just like settled come second quarter. Things started to just, you know, get itself back together. And mm-hmm. we cut down on the turnovers, which was really key in propelling us to this win, uh, to the eventual win. But um, I, I thought solid solid performances all around and the fact that curry was the only one to hit threes <laughs> the threes Great. that went in you know is wild but that we didn't settle we went to work in the paint just like it says here 72 points inside the paint we out rebounded them which again we do that really well considering everybody always talks about our size yet mm-hmm. we're still in the top five in rebounding. So make it make sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, overall, this game, I just thought it was solid and a much-needed win. And we got tons of contributions from unexpected players, I, I would say. You know, with Andrew being out, Clay kind of just – it just wasn't his night, and that happens. Um, but Guy Santos, Lester Quinones continuing on that, but just bright spots there. And we got our boy Moses Moody back, played a mm-hmm. good uh, 15 minutes. But I mean, it wasn't his, you know, sharpest game, but it's his first game back. And he right. clearly was amped to just be playing, you know, so he had a few points and, and everything, but still just good to see him back and can't wait for tomorrow's game. And we know he's going to be playing more. for sure. For sure. I mean, we got news that Draymond is now questionable for that game. So <sighs> it's uh, it's always something with this team. Um, Gary's back day to day, right? He's not back back, but he should be he, he should be playing within the next few games. Andrew should be playing within the next few games. Um, so the team is starting to get back healthy. Mm-hmm. And this is like, you know, right around trade deadline time. So we'll see what the team looks like, both from a health standpoint and just from a player on the roster standpoint within the next few days but yeah i mean i agree they they just outworked the the nets and that was like kind of like the story of the second half right Guy santos lester quinones brandon pajemski those guys they yeah. just play 100 miles per hour pretty much at all times right <laughs> they're gonna crash yeah. the boards take charges do all the dirty work and that's kind of always been something that has been 
not unique to the Warriors, but something that's been very a part of their DNA um, throughout the years is having guys that just don't care. They just want to play hard and make every play and do all the things. And you put enough of those guys around Steph, then, you know, as long as Steph is is on his game that night, you have a pretty good chance to win. Um, Draymond has been leading the charge of, of those things, of just making sure everybody's playing with energy, playing defense as much as they can. And, you know, it's it's at that point in the season where it's early February, like getting to the all-star break, late January, where a lot of teams are just dragging and the Warriors don't have time to drag. They don't they, they don't have that luxury right now. So <laughs> they're playing with a sense of urgency that is, you know, necessary for them. Right. And you're going to run into a team that's struggling like the Nets or potentially whoever it is. Right. The Sixers the other night where just having more energy than them, you're just going to beat that team. Um, so. It's it's nice that they're doing that, and they just need to continue that throughout the rest of the season, pretty much. Um, so the story of the game, obviously, was <laughs> besides them getting the win, was oh, Clay Thompson did not close the game. Um, this is what his second or maybe third time within the last mm-hmm. few games where he didn't close the game. One of them, obviously, he missed the game, and it's been made a big deal out of his you know, his play this season hasn't been up to his standard and people are taking this opportunity for him to, you know, not finish the game to kind of pile on him and say that he's the reason the season has gone the way it has. And he's completely washed. He needs to go to the bench and he's, he needs to do this and do that. Um, How do you feel about that? Um, I, I would say that it's, it's not, you know, on clay that the team is where it's at. What three games below 500, three or two, or something like that? Mm-hmm. It, it's not all on Clay. Yes, Clay early on, him and Andrew simultaneously did not come into the season in form. So that set <laughs> set everyone back because it was just like, wait, we can't have both of y'all on the struggle bus. Like we we can't do that <laughs> because now that just that just messes up everything. Really, it does. But Clay got out of the funk a lot sooner than Andrew. Andrew is just now really rounding into form. But back to Clay, it's just, listen, it it shouldn't be that big of a deal, yet it is something that, oh, wow, yeah, we're not closing with him. But again, like Kerr said, if if you ain't got it, because this isn't the time that we can kind of just like, all right, we're just going to keep rolling with the same old, same old, same old, even mm-hmm. if you don't have it, but now it's kind of just like, listen, if you don't have it, we got to pull you. And there shouldn't be anything wrong with that. It's like, Hey, mm-hmm. I just don't have it. So, and he still played 30 minutes yeah, and I don't was even... doing other things. So yeah. it, it's just, he ain't have it. So we go with someone else who is producing at that time. So we can get this win. Mm-hmm. And, and there should, and so I'm not putting this, you know, onus on Clay. Clay personally, he's just having a tougher time just kind of accepting where he is in his career and what his body is now. He's just having that kind of tough time to accept it and say, all right, this is what it is. I am not who I was prior to those horrendous injuries. This is who I am now. Let me embrace who I am now and do everything that I can to be a positive, really, 
you know, but again, that that's going to take time for him to truly, truly accept it. And right now it's just tough for him to come to grips with that, but Mm -hmm. it happens in a long career in the NBA that people eventually have to come to the realization of where their game is. Mm-hmm. But he still has a lot of upside. So it's not like, you know, <laughs> get yeah. rid of him, toss him to the side. No, it's not that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like just speaking back to the game, I don't even think it was a that him not having. I think they had a run going and his normal rotation would have been to come back in probably around the four minute mark or mm-hmm. something like that. And it was just like, well, we're in the middle of a run. So why would we bring him back in? It doesn't really make sense to do that. Uh, but yeah, I think he's, I think he's, he's having a, he's having to deal with the fact that he's not as explosive as he used to be like as a scorer, right. He's not as consistent as he used to be. And I do think there's factors beyond his control that are contributing to that, but yes, it's definitely tough, right. He's not a guaranteed staple in whatever they're doing on the court. And that's, that's something that's that he has to deal with as well. Like he said, just going from one of the best players in the league to now like, yeah, Guy Santos is going to close over you in this game because Guy Santos got it. Like Clay in his prime, it's like, it don't matter what Guy Santos is doing. You come back in this game. Right. Right. So having to deal with that, obviously it's, it's been tough on him, but I do think, um, I think he's just more so upset at how he's playing, like how he's shooting the ball and stuff like that. I think overall, when I look at Clay this season, it's like, well, he's playing less minutes. He's taking less shots. He's passing the ball a little bit more. He's playing defense as much as he can, right? He's not he's not assigned to the quick guards anymore. He's not assigned to any shooting guards. He's assigned to big wings and slower players and stuff like that. And he's had some great games on guys, and he's had some games where guys just mm-hmm. couldn't miss when, they, when he's guarding them. So it is what it is. I wouldn't consider him a bad defender. I would just say, like, he does his job. He tries to do his job, right? He's really, really tall. I mean, he's tall for his position still. He has long arms and he's strong, so he can guard most of the guys of his position. Um, and then you just look at other things like, well, is he is he is he rebounding the ball? Is he stealing the ball? Block? He's never been the type of guy to do those things. So when you look at his value on the court, what is he asked to do? Make shots, draw multiple <laughs> defenders, and then make it open for other make it open for other teammates, and you know, just play within the flow of the game. And I think he's done that for the most part. It's just the, the making yeah. shots part has not been up to his standard. And since that's the most like obvious thing to notice, it's like Clay's terrible now, right? Like, cause he's not shooting the ball up to his standard. So people are saying, well, yeah, he's, he's washed. And, um, you know, I think just like most shooters, you go through, you go through slumps mm-hmm. and there's going to be a point in the season again, like he just had where he can't miss. Right. So, I mean, that's my opinion on Clay. It's like people pile on him and stuff like that. And it's like, he's probably reason number six or seven why the season has gone the way it's, it's gone, right? If he's at his prime, sure, he would have had the talent and the ability to pull them out of the, the ground where they were, where they mm-hmm. are. He's not that caliber of player yet, but he's not the reason why they're this bad, right? There's other things that we don't really have to go into, right? Right, But like, it ain't, it ain't Clay. It ain't Clay. Um, so that's just my opinion on it. Like people can have their opinion on his ego or whatever (laughs) stuff off the court you want to talk about. I think that stuff is pretty irrelevant. 
Um, his contract is pretty irrelevant. Like, I don't think they yeah, have had that... any issue building a roster with that contract on it. They have the highest payroll in the league. They have no issue spending money outside yeah. of his contract. So it doesn't really matter. Um, so that's it is what it is. People are going to make Clay the easy target. I think it's unfair, but people are going to do what they want to do. Yeah, and, and it's not – it's just he is one of the – players so it's easy to go at him because it's Mm -hmm. it's the splash brothers it's like yo if he's not you know if he's not hitting at a high clip that we're used to it kind of just it is one of those glaring things because in (laughs) the other night that game like he like just bricked like off the side it was just like yeah okay okay what's going on here um you know what just just have a seat. Let's just, you know, take a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was just those and and you just knew all right, he he's really not like all all the way there. And he was just sick. So take that on top of the fact that he is older, so you know, he could be fatigued as well mm-hmm. cuz he does play high minutes anyway. So mm-hmm. just all of that coming together to a head. This is what happens in the game against mm-hmm. the Nets, and so yeah. it's just everything balloons. And, and we saw, and, go ahead. And we saw in 2022 with Steph. Once a once a certain narrative kind of gets into your head as a player, it can affect your game, right? It can affect your ability to shoot. Steph had his worst shooting season of his career in 2022. Did he did he lose the ability to shoot? No, I'm sure. He got into his head about that record. Mm-hmm. Then he started slumping. He also had the hand injuries from, from before. Um, you know, he had some stuff going on with his family outside of the off the court. Right, right. And then people, then, it, then the narrative started picking up. Steph's lost it. He ain't shooting the same no more. And it was an extended, extended stretch of him just not being able to shoot the ball, like even at league average levels, let alone his level. Um, and I'm sure the the contract situation with Clay, how the uncertainty of, of free agency, what contract he's going to get, and people within the fan base and outside of the fan base piling on them every chance they get. I'm sure that gets to a player. So in my opinion, everybody need to lay off clay a little bit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> if he's not playing well, by all means, like it's fair game, but the right. whole like slanderous nature of it is just very weird to me, especially yeah. to someone who's done this much for the franchise. Um, so that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. And just to put a bow on this, I think I think why the vitriol happens with Clay is because of just how he wears it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very just seems just so, you know, like nonchalant about it. Yet if if he isn't playing well, he's showing it. He's, you know, the slumping, the uh the, you know, so he shows it a little bit more and mm-hmm. that allows for the C C C you know so yeah that if it was just kind of just like you know hey I'm I'm trying you know and I just had had a bad yeah. one so hey if I gotta sit down I gotta sit down but that's not how he presents so right. that you know that's when people really just start you know coming after him even more so than it was just like if he kind of just was like Eh, it happens. He he wouldn't even get that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a prideful guy. He wears his pride right. like, on his sleeve, so you can see 
when he isn't playing well or he isn't included in something like he's very much like damn like internally he's very much like upset with himself mm-hmm. upset with the situation and then on the flip side when you ask him about it or when someone like that he isn't close with asking about it, it's very defensive because of that pride it's like mm-hmm. what do you want me to bench myself like i don't care what nobody thinks he very clearly right. cares right like right right <laughs> so that, i guess that rubs people the wrong way to me it's like it's just he's a human being and understanding how human beings work it's no reason for me someone who doesn't even know him to take it personally even as a fan like for, for him to say like what do you say um i don't lose any sleep over the the fans booing stuff like that yeah yeah i don't care about him saying that like you know what i'm saying like that's just his pride talking that's just someone who wants to do well and when people are like talking about how he isn't doing well it makes him upset that's just a natural human uh reaction i me personally who am i to be like f clay like he's so selfish because he said something like that when he's been on this team for all these years putting his body on the line um trying to help this team win and trying to build a dynasty and he did build a dynasty so it's like that's where to me there's a disconnect for me some people would take it personally i don't yeah yeah Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. But we got other things to talk about. We got a mailbag <laughs> going on. We got a bunch of questions. Some of them are pretty funny. Um, it is trade deadline season. The trade deadline is what two days away? Is it two days away? I believe it's is Thursday. The, is that the uh, eighth? I think the eighth. Yeah, what's today? Six. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, just I guess to touch on that before we get into the mailbag questions, it's been reported kind of like repeatedly how like Golden State is stepping back a little bit. Like their their aggression is their aggression is dialing back. They I guess like the team that they have, um, or they don't think there is a move on the table that will help them significantly compared to what they already have. Whether they are whether they're right or not, we just don't know, right? Because I mean, I will I will say at no point this season have they been one hundred and ten percent healthy, and guys playing up to their standard at the same time. And there's been, you know, trends pointing into the direction of well, if we get everybody healthy, what does it look like, right? Wiggs is starting to play better. Um, Loon is officially not starting anymore. Now, Clay is slumping right now, so that's something that is like, okay, even after the trade deadline, if Clay don't get out of his funk, that's going to be bad. But if you see everybody together and guys are playing in the roles that we're supposed to be playing, then maybe they're going to be closer to the team we thought they were going to be. Um, but Well, you think perhaps, but you still also have to think, okay, but can they get into the playoffs with – everybody healthy and this is who we have can we get into the playoffs with that i still think they probably are going to do a move because when is it that golden state has actually been loud about them making any kind of moves Mm. they're very kind of close to the vest type of you know front office and if something happens it just it just happens and you're like oh snap we ain't even know y'all was doing all that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so the the silence or whatever that we 
we aren't hearing or whatever, or hearing, I should say, we shouldn't get crazy about it. Like, ah, they ain't going to do nothing. Look, everybody else is doing this, that, these, and those. Like, that's not how we've ever operated. So let's kind of just like give them a chance to do what they're going to do. And we'll see when the deadline passes, if they're going to do anything. But I think the one thing, if they're going to do something, it is going to be to move off of Chris Paul. I think that is their best case scenario. Mm -hmm. Yet keeping everybody else moving off of that. And you can throw in one of them little first rounders or whatever, because you still have drafted some quality players that, Hey, they're our future. We can build off of them. We give up one little first round pick. That's not going to destroy us in a few years. You you know what I'm saying? Because now these guys are growing with it. And while you still have Curry in his prime, even though it's on the other side of it, but he's still showing, listen, I can get us to stuff. Mm-hmm. Get, get me, get me one more piece here or whatever. Because really, Chris is not listen, we saw what he could do. Yes, you know, Draymond was out or whatever, but I think really at this point, it's kind of like it's unnecessary move off of him lester slides in that spot win win situation and we get somebody else you know we could get another wing but really hey if we could get that center Mm -hmm. that'd be amazing right yeah because at this point whoever (laughs) whatever center at this point (laughs) but you know but kudos to looney because he did have a better game uh last night he he really did. So we're not even going to, um, you know, poo-poo on what he did last night because he, he really did play better. And listen, yeah. he's accepted his, if, I, if I'm a DMP or I'm just going to mm-hmm. play five minutes, that's just what I'm going to do. But I'm going to always come to work ready. Right. Yeah, so. that's, what, that's what Loon does. That's what Loon does. So, yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. They need to consolidate the roster just – just for the sake of streamlining the rotation a little bit more and then just filling in some needs that you may, that you may have. For all NBA NBA warriors, you are now tuned into golden spaces with Matt and Justin. Let's get into these mailbag questions. Question number one from ABDZ or Abdiz. <laughs> I don't know. It's my guy on Twitter. I think he's a KD fan. Shout out to that guy. Um, oh, <laughs> um, so his question is, what is the biggest reason for the Warriors fall off this season? Is it the trio of Steph, Dre, and Clay uh, regressing? Or is it Wiggins and Looney? If it's the latter... Which two rotation players do you swap them with to get back into the playoff mix? I'm not sure if he means via trade or via internal just swap. Um, hmm. You want to take a stab at that? Uh, I I mean, the biggest reason, I, I can't say that it's Wiggs and Loon together. It's, it's really kind of, it's Draymond not being available just at all. 
for a huge portion of the season and couple that with Clay Wiggins and Loom not playing to their level to start out the gate. Like they were, it, it was really kind of concerning. Like, hold on, look, did what they work on over the, over the break? Cause <laughs> it looked like nothing. Looney looked like he was, he had four backpacks on him out there, you know, and wigs just, just totally forgot. Like I play basketball for a living. And then Clay, it was just, he just wasn't in shape. And it was just like, come on, homie. Like we've been through this, <laughs> you know? So I, I think it's all of those things as to why we fell into the position that we did. So. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I would say Draymond missing all that time was number one, right? Your second oh, best yeah. player. He's a connector. He keeps everybody engaged. He means so much to the team on the court that like him being out for an extended absence is just going to make your, make your lives way harder. Um, so I say that was number one. I think Wiggins and Loon Loon is kind of like, it's more so like the result of the front office, just putting so much on his shoulders for these last few years with missing with the Wiseman pick. They expected Wiseman to be, pretty much what Kaminga is now, like just like a young budding star that can carry a, a load for the older guys, start, do all this stuff. And turns out that he was like the opposite of that. But in the process of that, they had no bigs or centers to help loom in that process. Right. So like his body is at this point, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit over the hill. Maybe he just needs a rest because he's played so many games in a row. Um, but him not being as mobile as he used to be hurts their offense and their defense. Wiggins, obviously, for the majority of the beginning of the season, just completely forgot how to play basketball at a winning level. Um, not scoring, not defending well, not doing pretty much any of the stuff that they need him to do. Clay, I think he started off the season decent, right? He was shooting efficiently. He just wasn't, like, explosive. He wasn't getting, like, 20 points, stuff like that. It was, like, a 12, 14, stuff like that. <laughs> then he got really ice cold um, for a little bit. So all of those things together, obviously, hurt a lot. And then Steve hasn't coached a great season, right? Like he's been kind of late to making adjustments that we need him that we need him to make. Um, keeping guys that can help out of the rotation or like limiting their minutes, like Moses and Trace. Just little stuff like that. Mismanaging late game situations, stuff like that. Um, playing Steph and Chris Paul a little bit too much together and their defense is suffering from that. Playing two small guards together a lot, even if it's not Steph and Chris Paul, like Corey and 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 Chris Ball or Corey and staff and stuff like that. So all of those things together is the biggest reason, or they're all the the reasons why Golden State is where they are right now. And as far as like two rotation players to replace Wiggins and Loon, I mean, I think at this point, JK replaced Loon in the rotation like permanently, yeah. right? Like, so I think that in itself has helped a ton. JK plus Wiggs plus Draymond is just a massive positive since it's kind of, since its inception yeah. so i think for unless there is a deal on the table to replace wigs via trade for somebody that's clearly better than him um i think that's what you need to get back into the playoff mix just leaning into that lineup and praying for health and and praying that guys you know just continue to build and trend upward as players yeah um speaking of trades 
<laughs> this question is from Trapanese. Trapanese. <laughs> Trapanese. Um, he said, let's say Mike addresses the needs of the team via trade, but he also keeps Wiggins. So he's pretty much saying, like, what if he trades Chris Paul for, like, a center or something like that? Right, like what we were uh, – <laughs> What we were already saying. Yeah. What is Golden State ceiling this season? Uh, I think after that he went on to say, like, he thinks they can potentially get to the West Conference Finals, like the Lakers, some type of run like that. I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. The way that we are starting to see – uh folks put it together and actually start playing their game we could totally get there you know because again early on you saw we were in these games against the tops in the west right now like mm -hmm. we were in all the games you know <laughs> just yeah, brain farts yeah just brain farts you know when it's time to close and that was defensively and that was, again, who was MIA for the bulk of all of that, who kind of just sets the table, makes sure everybody is where they need to be, you know? So mm -hmm. that, that's why I can see if we do make this one trade or whatever, and it's, you know, Paul is out, Kojo is out, boom, 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 you know, happy dance over here whoever they bring in clearly is going to be at a level that keeps us moving forward and doesn't keep us stagnant. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because then it's like, well, then what was the point of it? Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think whenever you have Steph on your team and some competent level of players around him, your ceiling is championship. Like it is what it is, right? It's just a matter of how consistent are those guys around him and that kind of determines your floor, right? So they've been playing a lot closer to their floor than their ceiling, but their ceiling is still championship, right? You have one of the very few players in the league capable of winning a championship as your best player. So that is your ceiling. Now, if they address the team needs, they can go on a run, right? If they yeah. get a little bit more size um, on the inside defensively, guys that Kerr trusts that he can play major minutes, that can hold up health-wise and, and, and help Draymond just kind of establish a defensive floor, especially when Draymond's off the court. Mm -hmm. That's where their biggest fall off is right now. Like, if you look at the numbers, the Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Kaminga, Draymond lineup is like a 100 defensive rating, right? Extremely potent defensively. All like the other lineups that they play, they just get murdered, right? Like, they just get murdered. So you need some size on the court, some defense on the court, and then you need guys like – um uh jk to stay consistent with what he's been doing he's been like yep. kind of stepping into that role of what people thought siakam was going to be like at least scoring wise right siakam's a better playmaker but jk is improving in that as well so like the offense is not really the issue they have a top 10 offense in the league they need defense and especially right. they need defense in the clutch um, and i think just going out and get players that can help steady the ship over the course of the game will keep guys fresher keep the defense more consistent over the course of the game. And like I said, from there, their ceiling is, is, is championship. Even though I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on them winning it. I was just saying that's, that would be their ceiling. <laughs> well, I, I, I will also say with that, they still have that taste in their mouth from that second round. Yeah. So that was, they were not happy campers there. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of just feeling like, no, we've got something to prove because Second round, nah, that ain't us. 
yeah. that ain't us. And and the way it just all happened was mm-hmm. just ugh. So I, I think that that also is motivation as well. But again, they're trying to take, you know, the baby steps. Like, look, one game at a time. Let us right. stack these wins one game at a time. Let's mm-hmm. get through this road trip and be on the positive end of that. So here we are. Here we are. Next question from Candlestick Will. Shout out to Candlestick Will. He's one of the OG oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Warrior yeah, Twitter. Yeah. He's just one of the goats out there. So who do you want Golden State to trade <laughs> CP3 for? <laughs> these questions keep leading into the next question. Leading right into the next. <laughs> um, well, I'll say if we can get, which I just think that this is probably not going to happen based on how they have their rotation set up now and it seems to be working out fine with Jared Allen and Mobley, Mobley, Mobley. Look, I can't even get it. Mobley. Mobley. I don't know why I want to add an S. Um, Evan, look, Evan, (laughs) how, how that's all working out together because they've, you know, staggered their minutes and everything, but then they play a little bit together, but then they stagger. So I don't know, but Jared Allen would just be, you know, the bee's knees for me if we could get him, but Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that's even possible now that they're cooking over there. Like, yeah. I think they've won 14 out of 15. Yeah. Yeah. They're cooking. I don't know if they will be sellers at the deadline this year, considering how good they're playing. But I mean, just to kind of piggyback on that, just any starting center, starting caliber <laughs> center. It doesn't have to necessarily come to our team and start, but right. like there's someone who's able that you can trust to say, okay, when we have this guy on the court, it's not going to be a layup line. They're going to be able to finish wide open layups under the rim. And not pump fake a thousand times. You no, know, we love you, Loon, but we just need somebody who can move a little bit and can just play a little bit above the rim. Um, that is Trace right now, but Trace is a little foul happy. He's a little he's a leaper. So like yeah, they say leapers yeah. leap. And I don't think Kurt trusts him to stay out of foul trouble right now. So if you bring in somebody who can move their feet defensively, that's taller than six nine, that would be amazing. Like that would fix a lot of issues. For this team, um, there's been talks about Jonathan Isaac potentially. Yeah, he's someone who fits that bill, right? He's not naturally a center, but on Golden State, everybody's a center. Um, right, so right. He would I mean, he's him. got questionable politics, but uh, right. you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, on the on the court, um, <laughs> he he looks like he could he could work <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I think he definitely could work defensively on the court. I think offensively, uh, we'll we'll have to see about that. And then off the court, uh, I don't know how he'll be received in the locker room. It's not really a lot of guys right. coming to his defense as a teammate. So, yeah, I don't know if I'm on the Jonathan Isaac train, but someone of that, you know, cloth defensively would be great with size that can move their feet. You know, do things like that. And Clint Capella was Clint is, is one is, of those guys because you know the Hawks are still their sellers. It's like take everyone except for Trey. Um, yeah, but, I would take Clint. Yeah, but right now he's injured. Of course, right after we play them, um, <laughs> you know it, he was out seven to ten days. I think uh, was the report. So again, 
again, yeah. he could be somebody. I mean, I don't know how the money works there, but again, we're just trying to get rid of Chris and that's right. a 30 piece and Kojo. So add that in the mix too. And, and if you need a first, go ahead and take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Clint makes somewhere in the twenties, maybe this year. And it, it might be a dis, uh, the descending contract or something like that, but okay, money's close enough. And I'll take him. He's a mobile big that can reasonably protect the rim and rebound. And just, you know, he's just a more athletic version of what Looney is. So that's kind of what they need. Right. Um, let's move on to the next question from OS 28. When GP2 and CP3 are back, this is a long question, by the way. <laughs> if they're not traded, I can see a combo of playing time that can lead to great highs. But I can also see a combo leading to disaster. This team has the talent for a deep run, in my opinion. It's just coaching staff hasn't found the right mix. Even JK and BP are clearly in their top six rotation. With CP playing 20 minutes per game and stabilizing the second unit using GP2 for specific assignments and no more than 15 minutes per game, do you see a potential dark horse in the rest on the West, or am I just wishful thinking? Long question there. Ooh. Um, hmm. I, I think the coaching staff is finding the rotations now and who best to put with whom at this stage. I think it's starting to click and everything. Granted, GB2 is not back just yet, mm -hmm. but he's really somebody, listen, just get out there. Like everybody else, we're going to figure it out. You go get him. That's that's really like with GP2, yeah. so it doesn't matter. You, starters, second unit, it don't matter. We want you to be on this person whenever they get in the game. That's that's your job. So yeah. he's kind of just like our outlier. Like he's just a plug and play wherever. Uh, CP, I don't know, you know, if he's still going to be in there. But if we're cutting down the minutes to twenty, then that elevates pods. I think more mm -hmm. and then more Moses as well uh just kind of eating into those minutes but um I don't I just don't think that CP3 is still going to be here though yeah I don't either um I guess to answer this question if he is here less CP3 minutes is probably the better right right like if he's somewhere capped at 20 minutes per game it mm -hmm. opens up a lot more minutes for the guys who can do all of the like defensive things and just yeah. athleticism things that he can't do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I tip, I pretty much agree with the overall premise of this question, which is pretty much saying like the team, there's a better team in here. We just got to mix mm -hmm. and match the pieces and the minutes and rotation right. a little bit more. I agree there. Mm -hmm. And like I said, like their championship is, is, is champ. I mean, their ceiling is championship. Like that's, yeah. that's how I feel about it. Their floor is non-playoff team. So they're just one of those super <laughs> high-variance teams that if they find that right recipe, it could be great. But along the way, you might lose just enough games to keep you out of the position to even make a run. So they just got to find that, that balance sooner or later. And I do think the best avenue to do that is consolidating the roster via trade, just cut some, trim some fat, particularly Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, and it would be a lot easier to figure out that recipe. Um, next questions. 
It's all from one person. T dog, T dog, T dog Jenkins. He, yeah, he would join a lot of our spaces <laughs> and stuff like that. So shout out to T dog. He asks, "What would it take to get Laurie Markinen? And if it would cost J.K., would you still do it?" I know you want TJD to play more, but why, in your opinion, is Steve Kerr so against it? And oh, what am I missing that he's doing wrong? And the last question is, what happened to Loon? <laughs> I think we kind of addressed, like, I mean, addressed to it. Yeah, well, we addressed definitely what happened to Loon. He, yeah, homie is tired. And once he got that break, uh, you saw a difference in his game the next time he played. He got some rest. And so you, mm-hmm. He saw the difference. Um, I think that's that's our issue with Loon. I think playing all 82 games and us being in playoffs, being in a final, I, I just think that finally, finally caught up to uh, Looney, even though he's a, a young 28. Today's his birthday, right? Happy birthday, Loon dog. Hey, happy birthday, Loon. Look at that. Um, so I think it just caught up to him with that. Uh, mm-hmm. So... He's just tired. Yeah, we yeah we already addressed that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll take a stab at the TJD question. I mean, St- Steve kind of addressed this earlier. He said, like, Trace and Draymond is an option, but it's not something they feel totally comfortable with going forward right for now. I don't really understand that. I think that the numbers support it being a very dominant lineup, so it, it doesn't really make sense to me. But I will say Draymond being slotted into a five kind of, like, consistently now it just eats more minutes at the five. So it's just less minutes for Trace at the five. Now, I think he should just completely leap Looney and Dario in those, you know what I mean? If Dre's your starting five, Trace should be your backup five. Whenever Draymond isn't on the court, Trace needs to be on the court, in my opinion. But again, like I said, he does make some rookie mistakes sometimes. He fouls Mm -hmm. a little bit sometimes. So I'm assuming that's why Steve is a little bit reluctant to play it. But I think you just live with it. Yeah, and I I think maybe just him saying that they they've looked at it and they do see they that they want to try it. I think that's a a good opening to where I think we just might see Trace kind of get in there a little bit more, and they might just kind of try him out with Draymond on the court. Or hey, Draymond's not out there, TJD's there, and then just someone else is filling that slot, and maybe we see what happens, but I think there's an opening that it can happen sooner than later Mm -hmm. because Draymond's going to get tired. Yeah. So I I think we're going to see it. I think we're going to see it sooner. Yeah. I think so too. But, and I also hope so. Um, His other question, what would it take to get lawyer marketing? And if it costs JK, would you still do it? I don't think lawyer marketing is available. So it would take nothing because he's not going to be traded. But if he was to be traded, I'm sure it would take all of our young guys and all of our picks. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. The <laughs> price is too high. A little bit too high. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just all I'm saying. It's a little bit too high. That's, I mean, Laurie's an amazing player. But when you see the, the leap that JK has made, he's now stepped into a stratosphere of player that's a little bit above something that I'll be willing to give up for Laurie in addition to all of our picks and all of our other young guys too. Like it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't really move the needle that much. Um, so yeah, I would just and, take oh, cool guy. Yeah. No, and why, to... why would you clear the cupboard if you still have Steph? Like uh, 
he's going to still need some of those those yeah. young cats to kind of just go with. Just go play hard. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you're clearing all that out just for Laurie, we're back. I feel like we're back to square one. Like now we've got nothing on the bench. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, this is from Tommy Hill. Say, would you rather a wing or a big acquisition? I'm assuming just for be a trade. What do you think? Mm, I, I think a I think a big, just because we can't have Draymond playing the five for 48 minutes or 42 mm. minutes. Like we gotta have a big because I think. Wing wise, I think we're kind of solid in in the wing. That's why I'm like, I think we're good. I think yeah. we're covered there. That it's the big that we we could use, even though it's like, oh, we don't need a big, we don't need a big. And I was always like, we don't need a big. Look, Looney's doing fine there, and you know, Trace is fine there, but just the the decline of Looney kind of just was like, all right, we got to get somebody because mm-hmm. Dario ain't doing it. Um, right. So, yeah, I would say a big. Yeah, I would say a big as well. I think if you, like I, I spoke to this before, like Wiggins is now outplaying his trade value, so you probably should just keep him at this point. But if you're not going to keep him, um then it kind of opens up the question of like, do you need another wing or not? But even still, you have Kaminga, he's a wing. You have Moses, you have Clay, you have Potts, you have Gary. You have Lester and you have Guy Santos now, apparently, right? Yeah. <laughs> they can eat up regular season minutes against like bad teams and just outplay everybody just from playing hard. These are seven guys after Wiggins that you feel are capable to at least step on an NBA court at the two or the three spot or the four. So I think they're kind of good on wings, but the big situation, like like you just said, is just not where it needs to be. So especially when you when Draymond is off the court, you need somebody who can just defend and just you know do simple big man things that we just don't have on the roster in abundance. So definitely a big if you had to choose. Next question, we got two left. <laughs> These are kind of like comical questions for you guys. So. What are your screen time stats for the trade machine in the last 30 days? This is from Sam's Hoops, uh, another OKC fan. He's been enjoying the whole Golden State not be not being great right now. So um, shout out to Sam's Hoops. But um, yeah, Sam's Hoops. That's funny. That's great. Very funny. Very funny. The screen time stats. The, the screen time stats are very down because Golden State's <laughs> not been very um, aggressive <laughs> with the trades. So. To save myself from disappointment, I've just put the trade machine down a little bit. Um, well, you know, I'm not even rocking with all of that. It's yeah, just, yeah. This yeah, is it, for me. It's just, it's just how I feel today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we got our last question from Jacob. He said, "Who's the worst dressed player on the team?" <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I can't say that I can pinpoint a particular player who is the worst dressed because they've all had their moments of what are you wearing? For like, sure. That should have stayed at home. You should have picked something else. <laughs> so they've all had their moments of that. So I can't even, because even most times they're coming in track suits. 
you know, yeah. so there's really not, I can't even say, oh, for sure, it's this one. They, ugh, you know, yeah. mm -mm, mm -mm. but they've all had questionable outfits one time or another. So for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Um, Steph gets a lot of flack for his fashion choices, but I think most of his fits are fine. Yeah. Um, and like you said, everybody else just be wearing chill stuff. There's no one. Jonathan be wearing some racy stuff, but like he's into he like fashion world and like all that type of stuff. So, yeah. Well, so is Curry. Like he's yeah, yeah. purposely, you know, wearing black owned everything. You know what I mean? So he's really supporting mm -hmm. the black creator, the black mm -hmm. artist, you know, so in most of his fits that he wears, um, you know, some of them. I'm really like, okay, sharp, yeah, sure. sharp, you know, but again, like we said, everybody can fall off. And <laughs> it's like, I don't yeah, really like that. It was it, it ain't it. <laughs> everybody have that moment. It exactly. is what it is. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all we got for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the mailbag, the game review, all of that stuff. Make sure you are following us on all the socials, Instagram, X, TikTok. All that stuff. Uh, make sure you're leaving a review, a positive one. Commenting on YouTube, positive things. <laughs> uh, subscribing to 95.7 The Games YouTube channel. Five stars on wherever you're getting your podcast. Make sure you're sharing it. Make sure you're telling people about it in person and showing them on your phone and then putting it on their phone too. All that good stuff. <laughs> and yeah, continue to support us. We appreciate everything. Um, you know, we say it every time. Thank you for listening, watching, whatever you're doing, however you're consuming this. We really appreciate it. It helps a lot. And we hope to bring more good content for you. Karima, you got anything for the for the group? Uh, I just want to thank everybody for the support. I know I'm a newbie here, but uh, I appreciate <laughs> all the support and the, you know, the encouragement. Uh, so thank you so much. And hey, let's get this win tomorrow, right? Let's get this win tomorrow and the day after that. Yep. Let's, you know, we'll be back after the trade deadline. So <laughs> we'll see what's going on with the team by then. So that should be a good one. And everybody put get well soon in the YouTube comments for producer Greg. He's dealing yes. with a little illness right now under the weather. So let's let's get Greg, you know, healthy again. You know? Exactly. Look, <laughs> get healthy, Greg. Get healthy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, appreciate you guys. We will catch you on the next one. Peace.